uh, you know, Brett and I do share a love of all things James Bond, but I'm a little concerned about Daniel Craig's commentary. And I still need to see No Time to Die, and I still will, because I've been waiting for it for a while. Um, speaking of No Time to Die, the market doesn't seem to. We seem to be buying on the dips. Now, people would say, gosh, we're going through some sort of a rough patch here. But let me tell you, it is for now just noise. We have Dow futures down 154, S&P down 17, um, NASDAQ 35, 10-year treasury, which is telling us that we're going to have this booming economy uh, post-pandemic is 1.232% overall. So next week... We have Jackson Hole, Danny, where all the climate change alarmists get on their fancy jets and fly in to discuss what the peons like you and I must deal with. So everybody will have their eyes and ears on Jackson Hole and the fact that the Fed is probably going to look to curtail their asset purchases, which you think would have been done by now since we're going to have this rip-roaring economy. I'm full of sarcasm today, Brent. I've, I've had a daily dose of sarcasm. Um, so we're going to look to reverse our easy money policies, says Mr. Powell. So, uh, again, $120 billion in monthly purchases of treasuries and mortgage securities at a time when we really don't have much of an emergency, allegedly. So, obviously, they think we're stupid. And um, I don't know. What do you think, Danny? What are your what are your thoughts on the market and the Fed? And let's go to Jackson Hole, you and I. You know, we could do we could do like um we could dress up like women in some like it hot. You could be Tony Curtis. Um so um that'll be fun. We'll just we'll see if we can penetrate the uh the sacred halls of what those people know that we don't. Yeah, we may be able to get out of the airport. That's probably about as far as they'd let you and I, I'm afraid. But <laughs> That's true. You know, this is one of those deals where it's very reminiscent to me in some ways, looking back to after the financial crisis in 2008, where we had plenty of opportunities to take some of the chips off the table, and it just wasn't done. And if we have such good economic data, why have we not started this process already? And I think we all know the answer. I mean, this is it's, we, we know exactly why, because... Powell still remembers what happened back in October of 2018, when the last time he tried to raise interest rates, the last time that he said, hey, we're a long ways from neutral. And so I, I think that he may have a little bit of PTSD from that market whipsaw we saw back then. Yeah, could be PTSD. Could be that just like most in these at these levels, they're totally disconnected as to what they're creating and the moral hazard they're, or they're creating by keeping rates so low for so long and con continuing emergency uh, procedures at a time when, you know, if you're going to wait for the all clear, uh, if inflation's not telling you that, um, you're going to perhaps be behind the eight ball. So what I think, and, and, and Lance has alluded to this, you're going to just see a market that's just sort of churning here. Uh, we do see buys on dips faster than ever. We haven't had a 5% pullback in oh, probably over 230 to 250 days. Uh, all unusual, but not that unusual when you consider the fact that there's nowhere else to place your money. 
and there's much, not much competition for it, along with the Fed and along with a generation of younger investors that seem to embrace the market, which, Danny, again, is very different than what we saw after the financial crisis. That generation really didn't trust stocks. Now, this generation doesn't trust Wall Street, but embraces the market as a way to democratize the process. And as we talked about and as a client had said, which I think was really astute, the gamification of, of investing uh, that Robinhood has created, you know, place a trade and the confetti falls down, um, you'll be able to play like Mortal Kombat and your, your guy will be slashing a sword on one hand and placing a trade for AMC on the other. That's that seems to be where we're going. So if I'm gamifying things, and um and um and it's just bits and bytes, then virtual land, uh, the purchase of virtual land makes sense. The purchase of crypto, whether or not it's going to make it or not, makes sense. These are people trading amongst themselves in their own little bubble, just like Wall Street does. So, you know, I sort of understand the sentiment. I just don't know what it all breaks. That's well, that's you- the issue. It would be nice to see them trade in things with intrinsic value. I think that's the issue, what it all comes down to, right? Yeah, um, that would be uh, – you know, the thing is, Danny, when you think about it, what has intrinsic value today when it comes to stocks? What, you know, we have to be invested, but we don't go into markets as a firm you know, telling you it's different this time. We don't go into markets with these rose-colored glasses. We provide this eagle-eyed kind of – holistic view, not bullish or bearish. We just look at the, what I consider the is what it is scenario. Um, But it really does make you wonder what really is not distorted in price because almost everything is. And Mm -hmm. I, I rival you to think of a time when every asset class has been distorted in price. You know, or all industries distorted in price. Um, maybe energy, not as much, but for the most part, you are right. It's usually one industry, one sector. It's real estate, or it's technology, or it's an or an or. There's no or now. Everything seems to be distorted in price. And that's troublesome for most households when they go to the grocery store, especially because those price hikes that you see aren't going away. Yeah, the, the price hikes are very real. I don't know about you, but I've actually had to go in recently. We've adjusted um, clients' distributions because mm-hmm. you know usually what we do w- within our financial plans, we're yes. assuming that you get a pay raise each and every year. And look, that doesn't, I, I've never had a client give themselves a raise each and every year, but we want to play devil's advocate, be on the conservative side. I have had more come to me in the last several months asking to increase uh, their distributions probably than ever and i think it's twofold one you know they feel pretty good because markets have cooperated yes two you know the bigger thing has been you know the resounding story has been that you know things are getting more expensive and i think that's here to stay i think so and i've experienced the same thing after many many years when we get back i have a i think a cool story to share with all of you in addition to that james bond cheap the cheap martinis for his kids? Hmm. We're going to talk about that when we return here 
on Financial Fitness Friday of The Real Investment Show. We will be right back. So this week, uh, you know, every week we speak to, gosh, I don't know how many people we speak to every week. And it's a great honor to do that. And um, I spoke with the sweet elderly lady the other day. She lost her husband not too long ago. And um, I asked her about her life. You know, one of the things that our advisors do is, as I write stories, I'm in the middle of writing this Western right now. Um, I'm always interested in stories, people's lives, which is what it comes down to, right? Um, so her life, her family, her kids, and what drove her? Because she's still working at 70 years old. And she didn't even wait to give me an answer, Danny. She just said to keep my mind busy. And she shared with me that she goes, my family thinks that we have money, but little do they know we had money for what only what we needed to have. Um, we didn't want for much. We did, I do, have everything. And I needed to think about that for a bit. Now, I will tell you, there's no great fortune here. This is a woman who lives on Social Security and this part-time job. What she does have, she'd like to leave to her two grandchildren, unlike you, Daniel Craig. Um, so she's fit her life into these long-term values to live quiet within her means. She's, she also smelled like lemon cookies. Um, I like that too. Um, but I felt, I mean, yeah, I do like lemon cookies, especially the uh, girls. Is that a long life, Rich? I think it is. Lemons are great right. um, antiseptic. Um, I, wanted her, I wanted her to know um, deep inside I was sort of envious of her. This, this, this quiet existence and how she found happiness overall because money was not the top of the list. It, if it, and I think about this every day, Danny. If it weren't for clients, I wouldn't have simple but great stories. We, we all do. Uh, I think the best advisors do. And I get lost. You know, I, I, it would, It's tough to maintain perspective with all this stuff that is going on in our country and what's going on overall in the world, it's really tough to get grounded and lose perspective. And I got, you get lost in the you know what sometimes, right? Everybody does. And um, I don't think I'd be able to write fiction, nonfiction, whatever I do without these, these, these stories. I would be less grateful. So I said to her, I mean, we couldn't help her. She's done everything right. She took Social Security at 70. She knows she has a long life expectancy. She works out. So she says, what should I do? And I said, I only have one thing to say to you. That's it. And she goes, only one thing? I said, yeah, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you. And then she hugged me. And she looked at me and said, oh, I know. She goes, I see it in your eyes and eyes never lie and that was another lesson i got so every day you got to be grateful for something because of you strip it down to what's important to you so that 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 was a really a meeting this week that uh with all the fires that i had and um all the stuff going on that sort of pushed me into perspective a little bit I mean, right? I mean, think about all these people's stories, how they build their wealth, how they live their lives, how they define happiness, you know, what their kids mean to them. Unlike Daniel Craig, really having a hard time with this. Um, 
so I'm going to transition to this story where Mr. Bond, and I do, let me say this, and people are going to yell at me and scream at me. I think Roger Moore was one of the best James Bonds. I also really like Daniel Craig because in the books, James Bond was sort of debonair, but he was really sort of rough looking. He wasn't this perfect kind of Pierce Brosnan dude. So you got this story. Daniel Craig says, I don't want to leave great sums to the next generation. I think inheritances are quite, I think inheritance is quite distasteful. How do you say that as James Bond? Quite distasteful. My philosophy is to get rid of it or give it away before you go. So James Bond is reported, you know, Daniel Craig's a really good actor. I've followed him for a long time, worth probably about $160 million. And Danny, I'm going to have you come into this, but the one thing I will say, I'm not judging him for this because everybody's got different goals for their money. Warren Buffett, I think, does the same thing, Danny. I don't think he's, he's providing his inheritance and Bill Gates to their kids. Um, so some of these, you know, multimillionaires, billionaires are saying, you know what? I don't want to leave this kind of legacy to their children, uh, to my children. I just don't want to do it. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Mr. Bond? Are you going to be Dr. No? Goldfinger? Well, what do you? No, I, I think that this is one of those deals where, you know, one, it makes good PR that, look, I'm very wealthy. I'm going to give funds away. I, I'm interested to see what really happens at the end of the day. You know, what what comes to fruition now mm -hmm. that doesn't mean i'm not saying he's disingenuous here with what he's saying but he may be doing it in different ways he may be gifting over his lifetime he may be investing in companies that his children have to give them a leg up in life i mean there's many different ways that people can accomplish this so you know i, I think it's admirable in some ways it's you say hey you know what i want you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps i want you to understand life and um you know i, I think that's a great thing but i also think that you know having um that backdrop and somebody who can help you in the way that he can is it's life-changing right and i think we all want what's best for our kids regardless of economic situation currently that somebody's in you want them to do better than you and i would assume that that's probably similar to you know i i don't know i don't know what it is to what it's like to have that type of wealth but um i do know people who are very wealthy like that and and i see that they have that inherent same value system that they want their kids to do as well or better. And they want the security for them and to pass on and create legacy for generations. So, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. But you are hearing more and more movie stars and people in the limelight coming out and saying things very similar to this. Yeah. And I think there's an element to the self-sufficiency. Let me see how they handle. He's got a lot of young children. Let's see how they handle money. Correct. Right. Like, a, like you said, a lot can change overall. Maybe he's looking for some sort of validation or proof. Now, again, this is just anecdotal, and this is my own experience. I know a lot of people your age to my age who have inherited great sums of money, and they seem right. to have no purpose when they get up in the morning. Uh, I know some of these people, and they don't. Like, in other words, I always wonder, is it really good for, to leave your child this kind of money? Um, because I see from my own experience with some of, some of them that I know, and I don't understand how that operates in your brain, that when you wake up in the morning, you have no direction to go. I think that, 
that that's pretty scary um overall so um so i get that um very much so so to your point let's give him the benefit of the doubt Um, Correct. You never know what he's going to do. You know, there are ways. Listen, when you create your financial plan, you will know what kind of legacy you want to provide. We always say, you know, it's nice to gift children and grandchildren while you're still here. And part of it is, one, you really get to see how they operate with the money. Are they good stewards? They don't know. You're putting them through a test before more money is provided, whether it's through death, whether it's while you're here. So the gifting part is a joy to that. Um, There are people that will set up charitable trusts, you know, maybe charitable remainder trusts. Their children will get an income for their lives, and then money goes to charity. In other words, they don't have access to all of it, but just maybe a certain amount of income that's generated every year. And then the monies go to the charities of their choice. And then there are parents that'll say, listen, my kids are self-sufficient. They don't need their money. I'm going to leave it to my grandchildren. Uh, and, and maybe through a college funding or a testamentary trust where they can't touch it until age 30 or whatever it is. So whatever your legacy intent is, even if there's no legacy intent, Daniel Craig needs to have an estate plan. How many times do you notice these stars don't? Like, because they're never going to die. Like Aretha Franklin, terrible, terrible. terrible. All the wealth that she had, she wound up giving like 50% of it to the government, first of all. Simple things she could have done to save estate taxes. People fighting over, you know, who gets what. Children wondering what's going on. No wills. I mean, just aimless stuff. So Daniel Craig's going to have an estate plan. No matter what. Well, he should um, leave it to I also think that depending on your influence as a parent, say you're in an industry, as your child gets older and maybe gets interested in that industry, maybe you are the person who introduces them to other people as long as obviously these children stand on their own with their own skills. In other words, parents, influential parents might be able to open doors. They may not give you cash, but if I'm Daniel Craig's daughter and I'm somewhat attractive uh, or son – and I'm very smart. Do you think maybe Daniel Craig being my dad could open doors that I don't really need the cash? That could happen. There's got to be some real benefits to that, you would think. I would think so um, overall. But I'm not judging, again, because everybody wants to do something different. It became really a big headline this week. Like, obviously it was a judgy thing. I can't believe it. So, you know, it gets him strong publicity right before No Time to Die comes out. So it was sort of a smart move because it puts Daniel Craig in the limelight. But don't fret your your legacy. If you don't want to leave it to your children because of certain reasons, you've got them. We want to help you plan for them. That, there is no judgment there overall. Hey, we get back. We want to talk about some simple estate planning rules. And one of my big crushes in the 70s and the 80s, Tanya Roberts, and how she left her entire estate to her common-law husband. Mm, Not a good speller, too. That sort of turned me off. Uh, We get back here on Financial Fitness Friday of The Real Investment Show. We're talking about a lot of the estate planning stuff today, and um, 
former Bond girl, because I'm stuck in the Bond realm, Tanya Roberts, but I loved her in a movie called Tourist Trap, which is a really bad B-horror film with Chuck Connors, where mannequins sort of come to life. Um, she was very engaging in that. Um, but she died in January at age 65, and she left behind a handwritten will that made sure her pet goldfish and two dogs got taken care of, which is sort of what I would do. Sans the goldfish. And had another dog. But here's the thing. She had a handwritten will. Handwritten or what we call holographic wills are very, very common. I see them a lot in Texas, especially with the old school. I wrote it out. Well, guess what? They're valid. Right? If they're in the testator's, uh, if they're in the person's handwriting, right? And signed by him or her could be even signed with an X. But this, um, you know, you don't think these kinds of wills, Danny, would pass muster, right? In this world of litigation and legal stuff and all this other, that these holographic wills are valid in several states, including Texas. Well, they, they are, but they also leave a lot of question marks, right? It's yeah, because you're never going to cover issues. everything, right? <laughs> Correct. Well, not not only are they not likely going to cover everything, but they're also going to be easily contested, mm -hmm. um, at least tied up in litigation for a period of time, like you mentioned. I mean, that's one of the bigger things I think that we want to avoid when we discuss probate and all the things that the issues that can arise in this an estate plan. And so while it's, it's much better than nothing, absolutely. You know, if you don't have a will, go go do this right now. Go make a holographic will um, in your handwriting. Make sure you, you list out all the details. But you do need an estate plan, especially if you have you've accumulated assets. And, you know, you work so hard. So this is one thing that, you know, estate plans are, are like a four letter word. Nobody wants to discuss them. Nobody wants to to think about them because we want to live forever. And of course, but you work so hard. I mean, how many people do you visit with that are so meticulous on their spending their accumulation, where they're putting funds, um, preparing themselves for, you know, bad times for retirement, but they fail to actually put something in place that protects those funds that they're working so hard for right now. And that's an issue. They do. And you have to keep in mind that if you're doing a handwritten will, um, I mean, I think that's your last resort. That Correct. That's not, because you you know, unless you have just, you know, like Tanya Roberts, I think, just had these personal possessions and her animals in the house. Like, no real cash, nothing, uh, you know. You see, you read about a lot of movie stars that have really have not been very good stewards uh, of their own money. Uh, like Brett Butler, who's been an actress for a long time. I mean, she blew through $25 million and she's got to go fund me to pay her rent. Um, she was just on The Walking Dead, too, and doing pretty well there. And, you know, you're a human being. You can make bad decisions with your money. It doesn't matter if you're a star or not. But you should look at a, you know, even a will. We're always the old school where you want to have a standard typed, witnessed will, self-proving affidavit that you're going to get most likely from an, an attorney. There are will services that are available 
uh, right? You can go to LegalZoom, right? You can create wills for 39 bucks online and all that. If I did that, I would still bring it to an attorney to make sure I didn't miss something. But um, I just noticed that there are a lot of people that I talk to that are very comfortable, especially in Texas, with handwritten wills. Um, obviously in other states too, um, overall. So when you think of your estate plan, everybody thinks of complicated stuff. Oh my gosh, you know, how does that work? And, you know, there's the state tax exemptions and all that. Listen, you gotta, you gotta look at the basics first. A will is a basic. Who do I want to leave my money to? I don't want the state to dictate it, right? Sure, wills can be contested, but if they're done well, they could be rock solid and tough to contend, right? Some people might use a revocable living trust in place of a will because it doesn't go through probate and it, ha it goes directly to the people you like. They're a little bit more expensive to place. There's no real estate tax benefit to revocable living trusts, but what they do provide is one, privacy, right? I, I can't look up the pro what happened in the, in the trust after you pass, unlike what happens when wills get probated. So I do get privacy, and I don't have to go through the process of probate and possible content, uh, contested uh, element of it, right? Um, so some people say, you know what? I'm willing to pay $2,500, $3,000, especially if I'm in a state like, say, New York, like where my heirs can die by the time the probate's done, right? Texas is pretty decent. But the privacy factor, Danny, I think with revocable living trust might be beneficial. And those are the things you got to think about. When you hear the word trust, you think it's to save estate planning dollars, and a revocable trust is not that. But just the simple titling of accounts can affect your estate plan, right, Danny? Absolutely. You know, this is one of those deals that we mentioned goes overlooked. And I work with a really good estate attorney, and he mentioned, you know, one thing he starts off with conversation says, Look, this is your, your life story. You have a book here. And, you know, we're just filling out a chapter of what happens when you're gone. And I think it's a really good way to think about it is that we're just filling in a blank page here of, of where you want those assets to go and being able to protect them, keep them out of the public's eye, depending on especially on how much wealth you've generated, um, being able to make sure that you protect these funds for your heirs. That's big to leave that legacy intent and do so in the in the right way by either using the trust, using a, um, you know, inside of maybe a, a limited uh, partnership, um, you know, family limited partnerships you hear spoken of frequently. And here's the thing, too, though, Rich is that many times we hear all these things and everybody will tell, how many people do you know that have a trust that don't have any need for it? Like whatsoever. Oh, a lot of people. Probably a lot. And a lot. You know, I've, I've had people who've gone and seen multiple attorneys and said, look guys, you know, my, my grandson, my son said I need this, my daughter, whoever it may be, said I need this trust. And you know, like I really don't think you need this, but let's talk to an estate planner who's, that's their area of expertise. And we may, sometimes we've talked to multiple until finally we get to the one person who says, yeah, I'll take your money, I need it. And so, just because we're talking about all these things, don't think that you have to run out and create some big, huge, sophisticated, fancy estate plan. It may just be as simple as a will that creates a, a testamentary trust. It may be very, you know, basic things. You know, the basic thing we want to make sure that everybody has in place is is what, Rich? It's a will. It's power of attorneys, medical directives. I mean, all the basics are where you need to start, build that foundation. And if you have generated and accumulated enough wealth, that's when I think you need to get where you're getting into more of the 
the sophisticated planning, which can add up, like you mentioned, it starts to get get expensive. But yeah, it's a lot cheaper than, than having it go the wrong way when you pass. Exactly. We're going to continue this a little bit about what you need to look at from an estate plan. You don't need an attorney to examine what we're going to talk about in our last segment here. Oh, went fast. Oh, the real investment show, Financial Fitness Friday. Stay tuned. JP says, what would Grandma Rosso say about retirement? Grandma Rosso always would say, eat the more garlic. Garlic keeps you alive, blood, thins your blood. No clots, no heart attacks. Garlic is the answer to everything. Garlic and basil seem to be the answer for any ailment you had. And no vampires. None at all. Lots of bloodsuckers in my family, but no vampires. So, um, yeah. It, and it's funny, all the studies that have come out about the benefits of garlic as an anti-inflammatory. It's amazing. Grandma knew her stuff. Died at 100 years old. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Eat more garlic. Was You want to live a long time? Be healthy in retirement? Eat more garlic. Get that, Danny? Today you're going to have a whole... You're going to have some garlic. I'll go get my spoonful. My grandmother would eat garlic like you eat an apple. I mean, tough as nails. And then she'd want a kiss and a hug, and that was not very pleasant. Like the woman who smelled like lemon cookies. Imagine smelling like garlic. She just sweat garlic, right? She was one big garlic clove. I loved her. Um, so um, the estate plan. Here's a way to mess up your estate plan. You don't check your beneficiaries on your retirement accounts and your IRAs, right? You still got your ex-wife on there, right? You've, you don't update it. God forbid your spouse passes and you need to now pass on the, that money to children or a charity, but you don't change it. You don't change beneficiaries on life insurance. You need to look at and update your beneficiaries. And not only that, every few years, contact your custodians, check your life insurance policy, your life insurance company, and ask for a recent copy of your beneficiaries and contingent beneficiaries. Right, Danny? What a what a easy estate planning check mark you can get for doing this. Right? This needs to be done not, not only just within your, your will and the estate plan, but also on your accounts. Well, that's what I mean, on your accounts. Yeah, it's in the estate planning rule. not update the account? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And you also have to keep in mind is how you title an account matters. A lot of people go direct to writer survivorship. So Danny and I have an account. Danny puts in 50%. I put in 50%. Right? I die. Well, it all goes to Danny. I, I love Danny, but maybe I wanted Ooh. my 50% to go to my daughter. But I didn't know. I just put writer survivorship, which means that there's no probate and the money goes directly to Danny. As opposed to tenants in common, where actually my portion would actually go through probate and get to the proper heirs, Right? So what I'm saying is simple titling makes a difference to your estate plan. I could have all the great trust planning in the world, 
but I have a right of survivorship account, not a tenants in common. Now, most people will not have to worry about state tax. Let's, let's face it. At least now. Who knows in, few, in two years, three years. But now, your state tax exemption, what is it? What is it? 11, 11 million each? 11.7. Yeah. So point is, you know, most of us are not going to have to worry. So we do use writer survivorship a lot. But I see writer survivorship between non-spouses and parties that it shouldn't be. So simple titling of your accounts make a big difference to your estate plan. And yet I haven't even made a will yet. And I haven't done a power of attorney like Danny said. These are just the things that you need to look at every day and make sure. I have a client that I've been trying like crazy to get him to get a tenants in common. He keeps putting it in a writer survivorship, and now I got to get him to change it. And I'm like, listen, you know, you are above the estate. You've got, you've got to do this. You know, it's like no big deal, but it is a big deal. Um, so that's another way for you to make sure that your estate plan is going the way you see fit. Well, Rich, let's let's take a step back just a bit. I mean, it's such a big deal because that's going to supersede that estate plan. Right. So if it's right or survivorship. If you have these if yeah. you have this estate plan and you don't have the, the correct beneficiaries on file, it could all be for nothing. Yes. You know, that's that's the problem with this and that's why it is so important to make sure that things are titled correctly because if your client passes right now, all of those funds are going to go to whoever else is on that account. And that may not be the in initial intent, which it sounds like it's not, because it should probably be in a joint tenants in common right? if the assets are, so are supposed to go somewhere else. And that's why this is so extremely important. How many times have you, have you and, and I know you know this, and I know you've experienced this, but you've actually had somebody pass, they're married, or they're, they're common law, and they both put money into a home, but they don't have anything written down in a will and oh yeah, the, the surviving person gets the boot because everything goes to their kids. Yeah, and that has happened more times than you think. And I don't know. There's like this disconnect with the house, Danny. Yeah, that it gets excluded from an estate plan. Like, well, I live there. That doesn't count. I even had somebody tell me that. I'm like, well, and like you said, I someone that's living in that house could get the boot right. without the proper estate plan. Um, and again, this is nothing to do with a will or this is the titling of assets overall. How many people get revocable living trusts? They spend the money because they don't want anything to be in probate. And then they don't, they, ha they have to go through the process of putting all their accounts into the name of the trust. And it is work right now. There's a pour over will that'll, that'll, will pick up anything that, sh that, didn't fall into the trust, but that goes through the probate process. You don't want that. So a revocable living trust, if I say I'm going to do this because I don't want probate um, and I want to keep everything private, how many times do you see people just don't register their accounts in the name of the trust? So titling of accounts, especially when you make the effort to think about your estate plan, makes just makes a lot of sense to do. Um, you know, like the woman I had met with um, this week, she goes, well, how do I do this? I said, well, you only have your grandchildren. You know, here's how your IRA beneficiary should be titled. 
you know, your assets we don't really have to worry about, right? You, the kids know pretty much what to do. Um, not everybody's estate plan has to be so intricate. I, I, she goes, I don't even think I need to do a will. And I told her, I think you do. I think you do. There may be certain elements. Say you want this one particular item you have. If you don't want to do it while you're alive, you want to leave that to your granddaughter, you know, as a sentiment, you know, or a wedding ring that you have and you want to leave it to a granddaughter. Well, if you don't communicate that, even if you communicate it while you're alive, someone may forget. Oh, I think grandma said, you know, you know, Anna should have that. That your will is going to crystallize what it is. So it's not to save estate tax. It is to share your intentions in a way that is official. Now, I think you should do it both ways where, hey, Danny, I'm going to leave you my G.I. Joe collection. You know, the ones with the Kung Fu grip and the real hair. And you're going to love that. And then I die in 10 years and, and you go to Haley and go, well, where's this G.I. Joe collection? She goes, well, it's on eBay. Oh, uh, uh, wait, uh, wait a minute. I was promised yeah. that G.I. Joe collection. Well, I don't have a will. So, you, you know, it's your word against hers. And, uh, you know, some guy in Iowa is going to have my G.I. Joe collection, not Danny. So it doesn't matter how big your estate is. It's the intention you have to provide certain elements or, or sentiments to people. And you are just crystallizing. Yes, you can do a holographic will and say, I leave my G.I. Joe collection to Danny. But I think it's best to do an official will as opposed to leaving. I think anything you handwrite something, it's up for grab. You know, even though it is official, Danny, right? You st it still doesn't look official. Like I might battle that will, right? Even though. Even if it's not, if it's not, even if it's. It's written, right? I mean, I think I've told you in the past, my grandmother, when we were young, would give me and my 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 cousins these little tab like dots, like you'd see at a garage sale or something. And each one of us had our own color. And she'd say, well, anything you want if I die? And we're like, whoa, Grandma, what's going on? Come on, Nana. Grandma, what's and, happening? Uh, but, it, you know, place, place the dot on anything that you want in case we die. And that was great. That's a cool but, idea. You know, the issues are I've seen this happen before where, you know, the intent was there initially. We do something that we think is, is good. But, oh, well, you know, cousin so-and-so really wants that same thing, evidently. And now you're in a you're in a big pickle and it, it creates that bad family dynamics in the sense that, you know, we could have done this a little bit better and just taken that one additional step and said, OK, I know that you wanted this and you wanted this and you actually define it. And it creates you get rid of that family turmoil because it's therefore it's written in stone. I got a quiz for and you, Danny. Okay. Which will would you contest? The one written on a notepad from the Jiggly Room, or oh yeah, or a, or one that's done by an attorney? Which all will? day long, the first one. Yeah, I mean, if look, it's you could say somebody's not of sound mind. You don't have the witness. You don't have the notary. You don't have right. a professional who who can say, hey, they were here on their own. Uh, volition. They did this all on their own. They wanted to do this. Um, I visited with them multiple times. You know, you have somebody that's going to back you up. Absolutely. I think that's, the, that's the key. Well, I hope we made estate planning fun because it's sort of boring. Hey, next yeah. week we'll be back with a new show. Lance on Monday. Check out our new website. We're very, very excited. And uh, hope you all have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Money, money, money.
Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet. Sign up for the Real Investment Report now at realinvestmentadvice.com. It's a rich man's world.